0: What's up, Kings fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.
1: This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration
2: and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year
3: drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed the kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012
0: Stanley Cup champions. Cleared away by the Kings, picked up by Martinez. Martinez to Clifford, feeds it right
1: side to Foley with a shot, save, rebound, score! Alec Martinez has won the Stanley Cup for the Los Angeles Kings!
3: And royalty reigns again in the NHL!
2: Hey, what's up, Kings fans, and welcome to the Hockey Royalty Podcast, the official podcast of HockeyRoyalty.com. been waiting for a long time to say that. So, folks, before we get going into our show, we just uh, want to make our announcement that we are now the HockeyRoyalty.com. Um, we have left Rink Royalty, I'm sorry. Um, we thank Sided for the opportunity. sided owns Rink Royalty. Uh, but we've just decided that it's time for us to spread our wings and break out on our own. So, Here we are. HockeyRoyalty.com is the official site for the Hockey Royalty podcast. Hope you enjoy. Anyways, for our new venture, you can find us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Hockey underscore Royalty. And for the pod, you can find us at Royalty underscore pod. And on Facebook, you can find us at Hockey Royalty. And we will be expanding our social media presence as well. So with that said, let's get on with the show. Before we bring in our guests for tonight, I want to bring in our panel. My usual partners in crime are with me tonight here. Uh, First of all, the man who just drives our website. This guy is the transmission in the car that is known as HockeyRoyalty.com. Without him, the car does not run. So I want to bring him in right now. Mr. Ryan Sykes, what's happening, pal? I
4: think the transmission's going backwards, Scott. (laughs) I'm I'm doing well. How are you? i'm good i'm real
2: good real excited for the show tonight as you can yeah. tell right
4: and and our exactly. new venture so,
2: exactly i'm a little more wound up than usual so just uh be warned so oh god <laughs> yeah get ready uh anyways along with us as well as usual is our analytics expert here at hockeyroyalty.com he is the king of fenwick the prince of Corsi. he is the one the only mr russell morgan what's happening russ
0: Good, good. It's good to good to be here, and we're excited for HockeyRoyalty.com.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, don't, don't be surprised if I actually explode on this episode. I'm so excited. So, just keep y- an eye eight. on you guys. All right. <laughs> uh, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Anyways, I want to bring in our guest for tonight. Our guests are the guys who run the Puck Lions podcast. They're uh, big Boston Bruins fans, and they're very knowledgeable hockey guys as well. I'm going to bring in Mr. Connor Green and Andrew Taverna from the Puck Lions podcast. How you doing, guys?
1: Great, man. I'm glad to be here. I uh, I know a lot of people can't see the video, but I started to feel a little uh, little in my feelings, so I went and I got myself a koozie to match y'all.
2: <laughs> yes. Excellent. Because, you know, i am going to tell you something. I did tell you this before, but for this podcast— drinking is not only welcome it's encouraged so <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh well then now I'm doing even better now now I'm great There you go. I mean... you're
2: go. you blending right in now
4: pal <laughs>
3: <laughs> Andrew how are you I am living the dream thank you for having us on uh I'm I'm excited to talk some hockey tonight oh, wow.
2: absolutely well you came to the right place let me tell you that so
3: <laughs> so let's
2: get started so uh so how did you guys get going with the puck lines podcast
3: so, uh, I am what you would define probably as a degenerate gambler. Um, so I like to bet on hockey. It's something I've enjoyed for quite a while. Uh, I guess I'll give my plug for this here. Uh, Commonwealth of Massachusetts, get it together and legalize sports gambling, please. So I can stop driving over the border to New Hampshire. Um, good news is I only live seven minutes away. Uh, but yeah, so big, big hockey better. I decided, you know, I'd, I'd rather talk about it and give people some advice and, and get to talk about hockey in general. And I enjoy uh, hanging out with Connor. So it gives us something to do once a week.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. How about you, Connor? What's your story?
1: Well, to be honest with you, I've just been uh, a longtime hockey nerd and fan and had been interested in doing a podcast for quite a while. And I think, what is it now? Two months ago, I stumbled pro- across Andrew on Twitter looking for a partner in crime and hopped in on it. And we've been taking off ever since.
2: That's really cool, man. Because I mean, that just to preface everything, I got to know these guys because they invited me to be on the puck lines podcast. And I had so much fun with them. I'm like, you guys got to come on our show. This is a great time. So, and by the way, this, this time, guys, I'm not at work, so I won't have to leave you like right in the middle of the show. So,
3: <laughs> that's all right. The problem is, I'm just not a very good editor. So, me trying to figure out how to handle that situation was, I was right. up late that night. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. That's my fault. I owe you one.
4: You guys are
3: underneath the black and black and gold uh, hockey umbrella, though, right? Correct. Yep. So, we're part of the uh, black and gold hockey uh, podcast network. Okay. So we've got we've got nine shows on our network. Um, and uh it's a great time. So if you're ever looking for any of us, check us out at blackandgoldhockey.com because there's a lot of good content there.
2: Absolutely. absolutely. I've checked it out before. It's not just Bruins. I mean, I've seen general NHL stuff on there too. So mm-hmm. that's really good. That's excellent.
3: During the season, so- you can come see some horrible hockey betting takes too.
2: Hey, there <laughs> you go.
3: Save your money, folks. <laughs>
2: that's awesome so we have a a pretty big week coming up next week uh we're going to start it off uh was it the 21st July 21st next coming Wednesday with the expansion draft uh seeing there's starting to be some small minor moves being made already in preparation for that draft and uh, I believe the trade freeze is Saturday so once Saturday hits they're not gonna be able to make any more moves in advance of the expansion draft but of course once the expansion draft is over let the games begin So, with that said, what are your guys' thoughts on the Bruins situation for the expansion draft? Anybody you think they're going to lose?
1: Well, I'm pretty dead set on Jeremy He's Because, I mean, the Bruins are going to protect Brandon Carlo, who they just signed, Matt Grizzlick, and then, of course, Charlie McAvoy. Duh. And Jeremy Lozan is probably the next best defenseman in the list, and it doesn't help that the Providence Bruins head coach, Jay Leach, just jumped ship to yeah, be to an Seattle. assistant yeah. with Seattle.
4: Do you think the right. Bruins are going with the 4-4 method, or excuse me, the 8-skaters method, or the 7-3-1? 7-3-1.
3: Okay. Yeah, I think they've got to protect Vladar. Gotcha. Um,
4: I only asked if, is Kings went with the 8-skaters for the Vegas draft.
3: Yeah, which I, yeah, you know, it'd be interesting to me to see them do that, because I think, Naturally, right now, Bruins fans are so Jeremy Swaymans, the guy that every Bruins fan thinks is kind of next in line for the crease. I still don't think you can get if you put Dan Vladar out into the into the expansion draft, I think he would go. And I don't think you can afford that as an organization right now with our goalie depth. Right, right.
2: So you pretty much think it's a foregone conclusion that Tuca or Jaroslav uh, Halak are not coming back?
1: Halak's gone. For yeah, sure, Yeah. He, he yep. had a really piss poor attitude once Jeremy Swayman came on the scene and kind of took over as RAS backup and then was actually getting a lot more starts. Halak did, you know, ride some pine because of COVID. So I kind of get where he's coming from. You hate to see a guy lose a job because of injury or illness, but at the same time, his attitude within the locker room afterwards was pretty apparent and they made it pretty obvious that he's not coming back.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's too bad. But I mean, I got to imagine he can catch out with another team. I mean, there's always going to be a team that's looking for a depth goaltender, you know? So I don't know guys, what do you think? Is this going to be a crazy expansion draft? Like it was with Vegas with everybody just throwing assets at Vegas to stay away from certain players. Or you think that the GMs this time have learned their lesson?
1: Well, I think it could be even more chaos than last time. Do you think so, so, yeah, so I don't think that Seattle is going to make a lot of deals. They might they might make 3 maybe 4 deals, but they don't want to take a lot of big contracts on. They're going to try and stay right at the the minimum. But I think Detroit is going to be the team to watch because they have a ton of salary cap space. Yeah. And virtually nobody on their team, except for one or two players, assigned past next season. So they could go big boy wow. spending and be somebody who, you know, say you want to move a seven to eight million dollar player, you can trade them through Detroit. They can retain part of the salary and then send them on their way, or just toss them some prospects and picks to just take the full contract away.
4: Well, and there was a report wow. that Seattle was Seattle was going to try to push the limit in terms of the cap, like they were going to try to spend as close to the 81 and a half million right out of the gate.
1: That, that was actually the owner who said that yeah. they are not restricted yeah. from spending to the cap, but that doesn't necessarily that they will right away. I'm skeptical. I feel like they could just get to the floor and then leave everybody completely handcuffed and then rob people in deals and spend the rest of their cap space. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, I mean,
3: I think sort it's sort of gonna,
4: Vegas,
3: right? y- Yeah, I was going to say exactly right. I mean, so one of two things happens in this expansion draft: they either follow the Vegas model to almost a T because it's recent enough that they they can, and the NHL knows how to handle that. And let's all be honest: the GM, it's GMs, it's a little bit of an old boys club, right? There's certain things mm-hmm. they do and don't want to do, um, or they're just going to come out with a completely different strategy and go with absolute chaos. I personally hope they choose absolute chaos cuz it makes having a podcast a little bit easier. But yeah, right. I think they'll probably follow. I think they'll probably follow the Vegas model more than I'd like.
0: Yeah, I yeah, think right? the I think what we're going to see in the expansion draft, I don't think we're going to see a lot of deals move through Seattle. I think we we're, we're going to see like we just saw today right before we hopped on is deals being made um, by teams and players that they are already expected to lose with Colorado trading Ryan Graves to the New Jersey Devils. I mean, they were fully expecting to lose Graves to the Seattle in the expansion draft, but now they're figuring, oh, well, why, why don't we just make a deal, get a second-round pick and a, another prospect for him instead of losing him
1: for nothing. Yeah. Whoa, and I just saw this. Seth Jones. Oh, wow. What? Twi- Twitter troll. I said, Jesus, I saw, I just saw a trade that somebody started uh, retweeting where, and I, I didn't read it all the way, but it says Seth Jones going to Chicago for Kirby doc. And then when I got to this next part where it said, and Caleb Jones, I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense to trade his brother back the other way. (laughs) You gotta watch those trolls. Oh
4: Yeah. Look, they even tried to give him the blue check mark. <laughs> yeah. That's great.
1: I was trying to look for that Ryan Graves trade because honestly, I hadn't seen that yet. I, I missed right over that. Look at that. Yeah, that
4: just response. happened before we I got I literally had no idea uh, who you are.
0: Yeah. Ryan Graves yeah. to the Devils for a second round pick. And I think it was, I can't, I forget his name, but Mikhail Maslev. I, I, I might be butchering that name, but yeah, it's close yeah, to that, Russell. Yeah, I mean Ryan Ryan Graves was actually a player I thought the Kings would look after. He's a pretty good top four left shot D man. He led the team uh, the league in plus minus just two years ago. So, um, but he's more of a shutdown player. I know the Kings are looking for more of a puck mover. So, but yeah, I think that's a deal. Right. Those are the type of deals we're going to be seeing.
1: Kind of similar to yeah, I... the Kings picking up Arvidson for the the second and the third round pick. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Right. Yeah, for sure. What'd you guys think of that deal? By the way.
1: Well, I'm confused and I'm conflicted. So the Kings are my West Coast team. And for me, I don't understand why the Kings with all of this really young talent is looking to go out and acquire an older player like Arvidson. And they're attached to most of the significant rumors of free agents and trades for players that you would think, you're adding to your team. If you know you're a contender, it doesn't make sense to me.
2: I, I, well, you know, the thing is though too. they need some established talent. That's the, the team as it is. Uh, and Rob Blake came right on and said it wasn't good enough to make the playoffs, obviously. Yeah. Right. And yeah. the thing is the prospects as excited as everybody is about them. A still needs some time to percolate. I mean, there are some of them just simply aren't ready yet. And B uh, and it's an unfortunate thing. And this is what I was talking earlier about Connor is, not every prospect pans out at the NHL level. Not every prospect is going to be a first line or a second line winger, center, or first pair of defensemen. It's just reality. And uh um, as much as I would look, it is <laughs> 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 and, and as much as we would love to see it happen, it, it's most likely not going to happen. So I mean, I, I actually like the move. You know, they didn't give up any prospects to get Arvidsson. it was just a few draft picks or a couple draft picks, sorry, but You know, they're loaded with draft picks anyway. So how many more prospects are you going to load up in the system? Because you're going to run out of room. They already are running out of room for them. So they had to do something.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the the Kings and the Bruins are in different situations, but I don't think either team should be hesitant to get rid of draft picks. You guys have a ton of prospects. We have a GM that doesn't know what the NHL draft is. So, like (laughs) – you know, he, he's not really sure what he's doing there. Cam Neely's pretty much whispering in his ear, I really like that guy. And he's going, oh, yeah, no he's 80 need. spots down the board. Great, let's do it.
1: The
3: draft.
1: I think any Bruins fan who looks at the Kings prospect pool and says, nah, I wouldn't I wouldn't want that. They are high off their rocker. Well, we, yeah. we are in Massachusetts. All is fine. <laughs>
2: yeah right Well, Scott, yeah, exactly Scott right. you
4: kind of nailed it on the head in the first part I mean like I think the goal next year is to make the playoffs and I think they can do that in this specific division that's not overly talented you know yeah, I, I think they can do it they, they they line their top six forwards full of established players and kind of round out the bottom six with prospects that are kind of getting their feet wet and kind of moving up towards that top six you know uh, the I I tweeted out today the Kings scored two or less goals in 31 of 56 games last year.
3: Yeah, it's hard to win yeah. games that way.
4: <laughs> so I mean, come on, that's it. You, you you add a few more there, and they they could sneak into a playoff spot.
2: Yeah, that's yeah, well, that's the whole key right there.
4: So. I, mean, I have a really hard gonna, time. Yeah, sorry, just real quick, kind of. They're not going to obviously contend for the Stanley Cup next year, but I think fans want to start seeing some progress in the right direction. You know, even in a shortened season, they're kind of like, well, I don't know. We saw some prospects come up, but you know, they're still pretty pretty bad. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah,
2: yeah. The and only- and actually, I would have liked to see more of it at the NHL level this this past season. Yeah, but that's yeah, you know I know that is what it is.
1: Ryan's comment about the fill your top six with the veterans and then kind of fill your prospects in the bottom. Uh, Andrew and I had recently had a conversation about this, and I think that is like such an awful idea. So when I look at the Bruins organization, when I think about this, but they draft all these players who they're picking and projecting to play in their top six, but they fill it with the established long-term veterans and then they put all those prospects on the third and fourth line, which is you know puck possession and a checking line, they can't play the game mm-hmm. that they were drafted for, and they have to adapt and play that different game. And then when the time comes, right. they can't pull the trigger. I mean, recently, look at Ryan Donato, Anders Bjork on the Bruins. They were all supposed to be top six talent, and none of them could ever right. produce because all they could ever get is third and fourth line time. For our
4: listeners, Connor's just used air quotes on those guys.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I, I would feel like if if I was a Kings fan, I I wouldn't want that to happen to one of my big prospects because you guys are loaded yeah. with high end prospects.
2: Yeah, and that's that's a concern. It, you're right. It, it really is. Um, and it, it, but it's kind of what do you do? Right. I mean, if they're not ready, they're not ready, but you also have to be able to kind of stop easing them in after a while and say, okay, you're in, let's see what you can do. Go for it. Right.
4: Well, they did that that with Velarde the last year, given the two C position, he didn't look ready for it.
3: And that, Uh, that is part of the problem, right? Like, like, So, so I'm, I'm with Connor, obviously, right. Him and I have had a lot of conversations around this. My feeling on this is pretty straightforward. Put two veterans and one rookie, right. Or, or a young guy, a prospect who you can have picked up by the other two when it hits the fan, right? Like that's, that's really what you want to be doing now. Not every team and organization is built that way. It's a little bit of a, you'd like that, but it's not always realistic. I think, though, that's the ideal build, is you give one prospect a time on that second line and hope the other two can cover for him when he screws up.
2: You know, I got a great solution for that for you guys then. If you want to have two veterans and one prospect, trade us, Pasternak or Marshawn, right? So we'll send yeah, him, no. a prospect back to you. And there you go. It's perfect. Right? They no? All not Scott says too much to
4: drink. A conditional seventh round pick. <laughs> yeah, future
2: considerations. You know, you know. Scott, uh, you...
3: the last time I talked to you, you were trying to get McAvoy. You and I, we're not going to be able to be <laughs> friends
1: soon. I mean, I might give you Marshan for Quentin Byfield one for one. What do you think about Jake DeBrasse? No, I don't... What's his value? You can have him. So, so his value is a bag of pots. So he didn't hesitate there either. <laughs> if, so you're- if you're in the Boston market and you're following Boston Bruins hockey, he is worse than a dumpster raccoon. <laughs> Outside of Boston, <laughs> it doesn't seem that his stock is that low. Like even looking at what I've seen today coming out in the, the rumor mill in Boston is things are starting to heat up with Jake DeBrus to Edmonton. Okay. For what sounds like Ethan Bear. Oh. Yeah. So yeah. I said and oh. what
3: else? That'd There's no way they're though. doing that one for one. Those are the main yeah. pieces. There there I'm hasn't been any word the
2: about Keith trade.
4: Yes, they just got the corpse of Duncan Keith. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> <That's true. laughs>
1: but for <laughs> for ownership in Edmonton, that deal looks great. Because he's only getting paid like one point six million this year and two point four the following, even though he's a five million AAV.
2: Right. Uh, Of course he's left on the ice too. That's that's part of the deal, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah.
4: I mean, like give me the give me the details on on because he had what, the first he had uh he had uh, goals in the first two games, right, of the,
3: the playoffs. Yeah, like- DeBrusque is going to be a guy that's going to work out really well for another team. I think two things happened. One, I think he lost his confidence. And I think during pandemic hockey, he's a social guy. He likes that team camaraderie. It's important to him. It helps drive him. And from what it's what you hear, it's almost an effort issue. Not even attitude, but effort. Like, he just didn't put in the effort. Broken and I think that, <laughs> yeah, I think that with the coaching staff just didn't jive well. Like, Bruce Cassidy's a big effort guy. Go out there and screw up fine, but try. Mm-hmm. And DeBrusque doesn't always try. Right. right? So, like, kinda, it's, that's
4: from what I can tell, like, Todd McClellan's kind of the same. He's like, yeah, you know, we want effort, we'll help you through those mistakes. You know, as long as you're showing effort, that's fine.
3: Right, exactly, and I think what happened there is he didn't show the effort, and I mean because Bruce Cassidy, in his end of season presser, was basically like, "Yeah, we're gonna have to sit down and talk about what his future looks like,
1: and find some air common ground." Common ground. Oh boy.
3: Yeah, when your coach is never good. All right. (laughs) uh, Yeah. It's over. It's Uh, over, Jake DeBrusk. It was lovely having you. It's like it's like a good date, right? Like, hey, we had a great time. I really enjoyed seeing you. I never want to see you again.
1: That's what this is. <laughs> Maybe if the it's Bruins trade him away, the 2015 draft will just forget to be you know existence at that point.
3: Stop it. We're not talking about the 2015 draft. Like 2013 I
1: was, I was going to say, I don't want to talk about
2: 2015 draft. I don't want to talk about Milan Lucic. I don't want to talk about anything. Okay.
3: <laughs> hey, my Milan Lucic tweet did great. Even though nobody clearly read it.
4: <laughs>
3: yeah, I said that we should that. We, you know, we should we should get Milan Lucic, bring him to Boston, and only have him play games against the corpse of Buffalo. <laughs> I don't need him to ever play another game, just play against Buffalo so you can continue to haunt them. <laughs>
2: Oh man, that's great. That is great. But you know, it's funny. You mentioned that with Jake DeBrusse about, you know, it appears he lost his confidence and Ryan mentioned Gabe Velarde. Honestly, that that's a very good parallel right there, because it kind of yeah. looked like at times of last season that Gabe Velarde just lost his confidence. I mean, you know, it just, and you can see it on his face, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he was, you could just tell the guy was down. There was no doubt about it. So, you know, hopefully for Gabe, I mean, he's able to, you know, recharge his batteries this off season And I think it's going to do him a world of good having some some of the other guys from the prospects coming up through because, A, that's going to be a little bit of competition for him, right? A little bit of a motivator. It's going to push him for sure. Absolutely. And if it turns out that he's got to go to the wing, then that's not the worst thing in the world either. You know, so, I mean, the kid's talented, uh, unbelievably talented. But, again, like you guys just said with brusque, I mean, it's and I don't even think it was an effort problem with Velarde. It was just – like I said, nothing was going right. Nothing was really going right for the team, except for well, February. February was nice to be a Kings fan, but other than that, yeah, the <laughs> it, pretty, it was real yeah. nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was our Stanley Cup right there, but and, and we didn't even dent it. But it's, <laughs> yeah, that thing.
4: that thing gets mangled. Holy cow! <laughs> <laughs> well, it's part of its charm, right? <laughs> No, though, like, it, towards, uh, t- towards the end so of the <laughs> season, Velarde played really well with Follow and Leah Sanderson on the second line.
1: Yeah. and that's The bad thing I mean, about you know, Jake I mean, Debruss he doesn't play well with anybody at this point. I mean, he yeah. played with Charlie Coyle on the third line. Okay, it didn't work out there. But he's played almost his entire NHL career with David Krejci. And he still couldn't make it happen with David Krejci. Then you put David Krejci with Craig Smith and Taylor Hall. And all three of them are going bananas. And there was actually a good bit of time this season where they had Smith, Krejci and Hall or Smith, Krejci and Bruss, excuse me, as a line. And the still couldn't figure it out. So it just feels like at this point, they're going to put a bow on it and he's going to be packing his bags and headed out West.
2: Well, uh, you know, it's too bad too, because I was all on that, you know, getting Jake to brush train, but now you guys like just basically talked me
3: out of
1: it. I <laughs> oh, yeah. no, appreciate they you, did you better, he's play
3: better elsewhere. Yeah.
1: yeah. We both <laughs> think that he will.
3: He is no, no. I actually think whatever team gets him is actually going to probably get a great player. Like, I think he's got a lot of potential. I mean, if he can stop eating fast food and drinking only Gatorade and playing Fortnite all night, playing Fortnite all night, like, and he puts in the effort into the game, he'll be a great player.
4: Andrew, are you talking you about Jake what? DeBrusque or me? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. See, this is what
3: this is what I tell people. It's okay for you and I to do that, right? Like, hey, Wendy's drive-thru, pleasure to see you again. But you you play professional hockey, Jake. You can't be there with me.
2: Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty sad with the, the guys going, uh your usual, sir. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so that's the wrong size so, frosty. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: <laughs> you know I like the vanilla ones. Come on, what's the matter with you? <laughs> oh, But anyway, so you guys were talking about uh, David Krejci, and I know he's hitting unrestricted free agency, if I'm not mistaken. So my question to you guys is, is he going to come back to Boston? And apparently there's some uh, pretty big news coming out for uh, Taylor Hall, correct?
1: Yeah. So it looks like Taylor Hall is going to re-sign somewhere between five and a half, six million, probably going to be in the four to five years. Andrew is a huge Taylor Hall contract signing hater. He no. he wants to fight it and fight it until he sees the proof. He's a I'm scat. not I'm not trying to fight it. It's just I listened to him in Arizona
3: say it's not about the money. I'm gonna go somewhere I can win and then sign with Buffalo. Buffalo.
4: Oh, yeah. One so, year nine million.
3: <laughs> just listen, when show me the pay. Listen, I want him. I want him here. I want him to be a Bruin. I even want him to be a Bruin with term. I don't believe it until I see it.
4: Gotcha. I wasn't sure. I was like, how can you not be a fan of what he did? In the no, no, no. Amplitude. Big fan. Big fan. <laughs>
1: Just don't believe him. Until he didn't show up in the playoffs. Yes. Then yeah. we were kind of like, mm. hey,
3: in Little all fairness worried. to him, he doesn't well, he, even know what the playoffs are. That so is like,
4: true. I was going to say that. Anyway. Yeah, right. They want to be mean. He just, needs to, he just <laughs> needs to find a
0: place where he can call home. If one, yeah. once he gets a contract that's long-term and he knows that's where he's going to be, I think he'll succeed. I mean, he's a former MVP. Right. He just and needs to find that place to call He's home.
1: always wanted to come to Boston. Mm-hmm. Like, even around that draft when the Bruins got Sagan, he wanted to be passed up so he could go to Boston. And that was well known. Hmm. Yeah, so, he has
3: always wanted to be in Boston. But when somebody comes with the checkbook and says, I'll give you $3 million more a year, he's going to go, oh, Boston who? And he's going <laughs> to disappear off yeah, into the right? night. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
2: well, that's, and now, I'll tell you that, even for a $6 million AAV, is an excellent deal. Really. Yeah, I, would, I mean, yeah, I don't know how is. the Bruins do this on a regular basis. Get these guys to take these low, low ball the contracts. The Carlo contract.
3: The Carlo yeah. contract, they just got him to sign unreal listen like i said earlier don sweeney doesn't know what the nhl draft is no nope. but in terms of signing his own guys he slips on that ski mask and he robs those fools blind every time <laughs> every single time like it is the one skill he has and it's a highly valuable skill
1: i don't think any other player that's come through the organization can look at pastornak Marsh, Ann, and Bergeron who are all making in that $6 million range in the eyeballs. If they dare take more, except yes. for apparently David Krejci, yeah. because he did it for the last like five or six years. Thank you. <laughs> and yeah, to round back to the other half point. of that question for you, Scott, we haven't heard anything in Boston about David Krejci since the season ended. And it ended with a, in a quote, even me and my mother, don't know what the future holds and we haven't heard anything since
3: yeah if you're bringing mom into it you know he's (laughs) he's serious
1: (laughs) hi mom yeah (laughs) everybody's hopeful i mean i bet you crazy could come back on a four million over two years you know four and four but outside of that if he goes any higher i think they walk they should well he's
2: what 36 years old he's
3: 36 somewhere around
1: there correct yep yeah i believe he's 36 so
2: so that that is interesting that's very interesting so what i'm going to do uh there has been some buyouts going on already people getting ready for that (laughs) expansion track so (laughs) i'm gonna throw a couple names out for you and i want all you guys to let me know what you think and the first one is going to be keith gandel bought out by the florida panthers the iron man himself
4: ryan where do you think he's going to be a fit Oh, me? Uh, yeah. Hey. You. <laughs> Boy, I don't know, Scott. I, uh, that's my final answer, and I'm submitting it <laughs> as that. <a, laughs> I, I have no clue at all because he's he was on a contender in Florida. I don't know. That's a tough call, man.
2: Yeah, it is. It, it really is. But I know our, our analytics king, Russell, has got to have an answer for it.
0: Uh, he's going to go to somewhere where he can just be that offensive specialist like a Tampa Bay or somewhere. I mean, Puke. I think he was excelling. He was excelling in Florida until Ekblad got hurt. And then, he, then all of a sudden he had to play a little bit more minutes. He was terrible right. in that Tampa Bay
1: series. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did Russ just said he was oh, excelling yeah, that's, until Ekblad got you know, hurt? That's
4: really,
0: you know, yeah, he was doing well. <laughs> His relative expected goal rate is actually really good.
1: Yeah, because like, he, he was had going, Ekblad helping yeah. him.
0: That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He was playing really well when Ekblad's <laughs> taking minutes. He didn't have to play as many minutes there. So, Listen, I mean, if you put him on a team, really short deal, low contract, like Tampa Bay, like they, they always find a way to get a squeeze a the player there. Or maybe he goes to Vegas. Who knows? I mean, Vegas is going to be trying to squeeze uh, in anybody they can. Oh,
3: boy. Yeah,
4: Martinez, yeah. Martinez out, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I just don't tough. know you think he'd want to go to another contender, but I don't know. That's way mm-hmm. too hard to predict for me.
3: This is so, an easy question, guys. I don't know this why is I was super struggling. easy. You're yeah, going to Boston? Yeah, he's going to Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, Andrews. <laughs> no, listen. Don Sweeney has an obsession. An obsession with signing local boys. It is like his thing. Like, I mean, look at what we're paying Charlie Coyle. Like. No, no,
1: he's coming to Boston for. Please, for the love of God, don't get me started on Charlie Coyle right. for three weeks in a row. Right. <laughs> so my point is,
3: he's got Massachusetts connections. Don Sweeney's going to see him available, and just go absolutely nuts. You yeah, know, he's coming to Boston. See, I, do any of you bet? Because I'll put twenty on that. Like I think I'll it's take twenty with somebody that. that he's coming to Boston. <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't don't bet, Andrew, until you, until you hear me out here. With Brandon Carlo okay. re-signing that new contract and the press availability that he had, he came out and said that he wants to have an offensive-minded puck-moving defenseman to play alongside him. He would rather not be on a shutdown role. Well, the Bruins last year took away Matt Grizzlick and moved him up with Charlie McAvoy. Well, now you have a hole on your second pair. You could put Keith Yandel in at, you know, a million dollars a year because he's already making a fortune from the buyout and let him play on your second pair with Carlo. That solves a big problem. And then the Bruins don't need to go big fish hunting for Alec Martinez this off season. In my opinion, they still should, but yeah, I would prefer Jamie Alexiak over Alec Martinez just because of money. I'll take anything that's not a traffic cone cuz
3: that's what our decor <laughs> was last season. Don't worry, Kevin Miller. Well, you guys you, you
0: guys have that that pretty good lefty prospect Jack Jack Akun. Jack Akshan. right. Yep. Oh, Sean, there
3: Jack you go. Ashon, yep.
0: Yeah. Jack Akshan, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he should be he should be a pretty talented player.
1: He's probably a couple years away. Think so? Yeah. Uh he, he got a sniff I think right at the end of the season uh in Washington. The, like the very last game of the season where the Bruins basically said, we're not playing anybody because we don't want Tom Wilson to murder us before we get into the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and you know, the thing is too, is like the Bruins need to go after guys like that because their window is still open. So long as Bergeron and Marchand are still going strong. Right. So for now, I actually it's got-
3: closing quick.
2: Yeah. yeah. They still got a couple more kicks at the candle. I would think, right. I mean, I know. Bergeron's contract is, is done
1: injury. after this year,
4: this coming year.
1: Yeah. Saying? This yeah. coming season after That's this correct. season, it's done. He said that he'd be willing to go, you know, on a year by year basis, kind of like an evergreen deal. I don't know. Yeah, he's, probably. he's had a lot of miles on that body, whether it be with the Bruins and all the postseason runs team, Canada world cup, etc. cetera, almost, almost similar to Jonathan Taves played yeah, a lot of
2: hockey good point really good point you know i mean i actually that with that said then i can see the bruins being a, a player for a big name center in the free agency next season to be honest with you so you can maybe start yeah. sliding him down the lineup a little bit you know try to, try to reduce his minutes but as far as yandle goes here's an interesting thought both montreal and toronto are probably going to be looking for a cheap through pairing defenseman because toronto is most likely going to lose travis Dermott, or they make talk about even uh i think it's justin hall losing one of those two in the expansion draft. And now the news out of Montreal is saying Shea Weber may not play again. He's mm-hmm. that beat up. So they're going to have a hole to fill on defense. So I don't think Keith D'Andal is going to be unemployed for very long, to be honest with you. I no. think there's going to be teams lying up to try to at least get a one or two-year deal out of him because, really, if he's not all about the money, what's it going to hurt? No, plays you know, every I, game. I, I just don't think <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right. So (laughs) I, I don't know. I think, I think he does end up with a contender though, and a contender that's going to need him for the cheap, but it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. So speaking of other buyouts, there was a couple out of Minnesota and first one we'll go over is Ryan Suter. So Connor, what do you think about Ryan Suter? Where does he end up?
1: To be honest with you, until the Shea Weber news came out, I would have put a, put a bow on it that he was going to go and reunite with Shea Weber and be that dynamic duo again. Now that Weber's probably not going to play for the entire season, if not ever, I honestly don't know. I mean, he's probably going to want another kick at the can for a cup. Mm -hmm. So you're going to probably go with a contender. I would say Vegas or Colorado.
4: Mm. Islanders. Interesting.
1: I no out of the yeah, pair. I think that's kind of where Parise has, is yeah.
4: uh,
0: Suter going.
1: Parise is the sign sealed and delivered. They already tried to trade trade for him already. Right. But right. I have heard that the Barry trots connection from Nashville with Suter going there. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, yeah, true. So I, I don't know. You know, I mean, People are, are kind of down on, on both Parise and, and Suter, right? And I get the Parise part, but Suter, to me, can still be a very, very serviceable third-pair defenseman. I mean, you, you're you not going to have him play in 20, 25 minutes a night anymore. That's not happening, right? But you got a guy who's got that kind of experience, that kind of talent, and if you can put him out there for, say, 12, 14 minutes a night, manages minutes, maybe he gets a little bit of power play time, a little bit of pentacle time, you know what? That's going to be a good signing for somebody. And it's not like somebody doesn't go bonkers and sign them for like four years. I, 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 I'm I, telling you, I would actually like to see the Kings make a run at him. I, I would. On a one or two year deal, to plug up that, that left side on the third pair, I, I don't think you're going to get much better. Because the Kings don't really have anybody on the left side that's ready yet. Outside of Cal Clegg, who they're probably going to lose in the expansion draft.
4: You're not happy I with think Oli I think
2: is even better than that.
4: <laughs> I think...
0: I think Suter could play probably 20 minutes a game right now still I've, I've, for probably like four more years. I mean, look, he's he's always been that kind of defenseman that's just like there, and you don't really notice him, but he's always making an impact. And I like I mentioned earlier today, if, I, if the Kings were to make a run at him, you sign him for two to three years at five mil, um, um, five mil a year, pair him on the second pair with Matt Roy, then you can move Tobias Bourneford down to the third pairing Eat up some minutes from Drew Doughty, and then you still got some serviceability out of Ryan Suter. I mean, mm-hmm. I, that's some that's some great leadership that a team's gonna gonna get gain out right. of uh, Suter. He's the captain. Right. Yeah. Five yeah, million I mean, a year. Yeah, I'd I'd give him that. Look at he's been a really good above a pro- replacement player like in this past year. Even he was he was really good on even on the power play, and uh, I think. But um, the the team that I can see him definitely going to, especially after today. With Ryan Graves being shipped out, is Colorado. I mean, that's just that just makes makes a ton of sense. I mean, you you slide him right in there on the top four on the left side, easy.
1: I think Seth it makes Jones sense. is signed, it sealed, is- delivered to Colorado. I Think so? They have a lot of
2: right-handed shots already.
1: I think they're gonna they're gonna you know- blow it up and go all for it.
2: Well, you know, here's the problem with Colorado though: all that cash space they had is suddenly going to be gone. Because Landeskog wants to get paid. There's just no if, and, ors, or buts about that. They might be able to get Makar to take a bridge deal, but they're eventually going to have to pay him too. And don't forget, Grubauer is now a free agent. So those big three right there are going to eat up quite a bit of that cash space that they've got. Now, if Suter is going to be willing to take a, a minimal deal, sure. Why not, right? But that's going to be the big question. Is, is somebody going to take the plunge and offer him $5 million a year, like Russ just su- suggested? Or is somebody going to say, hey, man, we're a contender, But you got to take like, say, a million, a million and a half to come play for us. What's he going to do?
4: And you're still making a ton from
1: Minnesota in the buyout. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And what I also think a lot of people are forgetting is when we look back on this, this is probably going to be the COVID era of hockey where players are going to have to take less because of the flat cap for the next few seasons. I think that's why we got that Brandon Carlo contract and everybody was wowed because they just gave him a little extra term and kept kept that dollar amount down. And everybody's gonna have to kind of follow suit. There's gonna be no other options, or else you're gonna Ryan be pushing people out of the lineup. And yeah, Nugent Hopkins is one yeah. of them. Yeah.
2: yeah, and that's and you know that certainly helps the contenders out quite a bit because you could say, you know, they could say to them look. <laughs> you want to try to win this cup sorry pal but you can't take top dollar right so it'll be interesting to see on suitor i think we can all agree that it's pretty much like you guys just said signed sealed and delivered zach parise to the islanders i mean that's probably much of a lock as you're going to get really um no doubt about it in my mind there uh another little rumor that's been going around little quite a big rumor i should say is uh Mr. Jack Eichel has been the topic of conversation around the NHL for the, oh my God, what, past two, three, four months? Yeah. <laughs> so he's been linked to uh, quite a few teams, including both the Kings and the Bruins. So you can have him. Connor and Andrew, what is your thoughts? On, well, I guess you just answered my question. So
3: no chance he goes to the Bees? No, no, absolutely not. I mean, first off, no. Secondly, I would hope not. And third, <laughs> I would lose my mind if it happened. Um here here's the deal. I I have a very clear history on my feelings about this. First off, for the most part, now I've made an exception for Hall, but if you've played for Buffalo, I don't want you. If you can have that much loser in you, I'm all set. Secondly, <laughs> Sorry, I know. I shouldn't trash Buffalo on your podcast. I'm I'm sorry to you guys, not to Buffalo. Buffalo, you're still awful. Um, so if you're going to play there, then you clearly don't want to win anyways. Secondly, I literally live like three minutes from where he grew up. I get the Massachusetts connection. I get everybody being really excited about that. He just did a local news story saying he'd love to play for you know his hometown team,
1: whether now or in the future. Which mm-hmm. was like, whoa,
3: or never. Um, but <laughs> the problem is for me twofold: one, the loser factor; two, the money.
4: Yeah, ten million.
3: The Bruins yeah. would be absolutely dumb to take the finely breathing space they have from the Peter Chiarelli era, right? They finally have cap space to go and throw it on that. I would lose if, my mind.
1: What if they take Charlie Coyle back in the deal? I mean, he would never move his no-movement clause that he somehow like pulled out some blackmail on Don Sweeney for, but... <laughs> I'm not as much of a hater. <laughs> I'm not a hater on Jack Eichel, but I don't think it's realistic for the Bruins. They don't have the pieces and necessarily the flexibility right now, but if the Bruins are to get him, it's going to be next year because Jack Eichel, after this coming season has a no move clause that kicks in where he gets full control. Mm-hmm. So I think if the Sabres do the Buffalo Sabres thing and screw this all up then the Bruins could end up with the the center of the future to replace the Bergeron era
2: yeah that's but that 10 million is tough and you know what the return that Buffalo wants is the tough part right there yeah um the equivalent I mean, of
4: four first round picks I think is what they say yeah.
1: well know, I've I got mean, three from 2015 they can have <laughs> 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 I feel like
0: I feel like I'm wait, the wait, only we want our back we'll give you Lucic back I feel like I'm the only person on the planet that would wouldn't mind trading four first round picks for Jack Eichel. Is that is that fair, fair to say the,
4: the equivalent of it, Russ? Yeah,
0: or the equivalent yeah. of it. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're not trying to give up Quentin Byfield for him. I think that's pretty much been hammered into the ground. But
4: um, so are you are you giving up Turcotte this year's first round Kupari? pick, the eighth,
0: the eighth overall pick, Turcotte, Kupari, and. Who else? Akil Thomas. I'm
4: I'm throwing them all out there. For he is the second, but yeah, I get what you're saying.
0: Yeah, but I mean, like, people are acting like the Kings don't have like these this plethora of prospects. Like, I keep hearing like, oh, we we can't give away all these prospects for Jack Eichel. I'm like, okay, well, we have like 30 of them ready and waiting <laughs> that we've already. We just got Victor Arvidsson, like you guys mentioned, for draft picks. We didn't have to give any up. I mean, you bring in Jack Eichel for all these prospects that we already have. We have the cap space. They they have they have the room on the second line. They can slot him right there. Move Quentin Byfield or Gabe Villardi be part of the trade as well. That that's the then that opens up that second line center. Move Quentin Byfield down to the third line. and Andre Kopitar, Jack Eichel, and Quentin Byfield for down the middle for three for the next three or four years.
4: Don't forget. Sign about me Jared up. Anderson Dolan, guys. Yeah, and
0: Jared Anderson Dolan.
4: <laughs> playoff team
0: in the Pacific yeah. Division. Are you kidding yeah. me? Look at the look at the Vancouver Canucks. Look at the Seattle Kraken. Look at Arizona. look at or Calgary and Edmonton. They're kind of all just like doing whatever right now. They don't really know what they're doing. Anaheim, San Jose.
1: That division is actually a mess now that you just rattled it off. That's why I was saying Connor
4: earlier, we're not that far from actually making a
0: know No, the Kings could be that like dark horse (laughs) team. If they they made that Jack Eichel trade, that's an immediate improvement into the lineup. And I'm actually going to have an article coming out soon about my argument to go all in for Jack Eichel this year. And one of the few stats I found was his relative goal rate when he's on the ice, is like would turn them into the thirtieth ranked team in the league in goals for to the fifteenth ranked team in the goal in in goals for. So, I, I don't really believe this notion that teams that the Buffalo Sabers are a losing team with him on it. I mean, obviously they are; they were in last place. But look, at, I mean, they just signed; they gave nine million dollars to Jeff Skinner. I mean, yeah. they're pairing him with one year of Taylor Hall. I mean, it's not like they're giving him the best chance to win
1: that was the most buffalo of buffalo contracts (laughs)
3: wait wait let's 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 be clear about two things right one i actually agree i listen there's no doubt that eichel is top tier talent right like i i actually think it would be smart for the kings to go after him like you said there's enough you you have enough to give up it makes sense you have the cap space and it's not that the team itself in buffalo loses it's just that it's a loser franchise right like yeah. that franchise has just disappeared i mean from I the get into this, town. but yeah the quebec nordiques <clears throat> should come back by using the slot that buffalo is in and <laughs> buffalo should just lose the team
0: arizona <laughs> well you know though, up you, there.
2: yeah right yeah i mean i'll tell you it's, it's a shame too because the fan base there is is wonderful they really are. One of the best, I mean,
1: they, the best they, fan base in all of hockey. Yeah. yeah
2: absolutely. Yeah, no,
1: it's a shame well, they're absolutely. being
0: tortured. That's why they still get prime time, exactly. time slots. Mm-hmm.
3: No, it's a shame yeah, they, they are torturing the poor people of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Like, like, that ownership <laughs> should be tried for war crimes. <laughs> like, they just don't deserve, like, they don't deserve any, no, just take it away from them. Don't even give them money for it. Just literally take the franchise away from them and be like, you know what? You screwed it up so bad. We're sorry. Goodbye.
2: The NHL's version of eminent domain, right?
1: Yes, exactly. (laughs) They, they, the NHL did that in Arizona. They took over the team.
2: Yeah,
1: it's true. I
0: remember when Pagula took over the team and he did this whole announcement on the ice and he did this whole presentation about how He's going to invest all this money into the team and they're going to be an immediate Stanley cup to contender in like three years. And
1: it's just, <laughs> and then Milan Lucic came to town and destroyed Ryan Miller and it all fell <laughs> yeah. off the wheels.
2: <laughs> oh man. You know, Russ, you make a very, very interesting point with Eichel though, because here's the thing, you know, the Kings have cast space now and they've also going to have cast space going forward because Andre Kopitar's contract's going to be ending within a couple of years. Jonathan Quick's going to be off the book in a couple of years. Dustin Brown comes off the book after this season. So yeah. they are going to be a young team with tons of cap space. So yes, I know Kopi makes ten million a year. I know Dowdy's at eleven million a year. But to be perfectly honest with you, with the kind of cap space they're going to have, they could absorb another ten million dollar cap hit like Jack Eichel has. And don't forget something else too yes, the, the cap is flat now and it might be next season, but that cap is going to start going up and it's going to go up pretty good because with that TV money from ESPN and Turner starts kicking in, guess what? There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be happy because suddenly there's going to be breathing room and the teams yeah. that can actually get through the waters now are going to really benefit in a, you know, two, three, four years, which is when the Kings should be start, you know, start being contenders. So, you, you do make a good point, Russ. You, you
0: really yeah. Do. I've made I've made this argument I think on another episode, but i I've, I like to equate the Kings' situation to an NFL team and like the the Kings are an NFL team on a really good with a really good rookie quarterback on a rookie contract. I mean they're the LA Chargers of the of the NFL or the NHL. They have a really they have a, a lot of good young talent with Quentin Byfield, all these good young players that are in rookie deals. So they have this cap space to use and utilize before those players are going to require that extra money needed in the future. So why not use that money now to bring in some superstar established talent?
4: Just Absolutely.
2: Saying. Absolutely. It's a good idea, actually. Um, but <laughs> I, as we all know, there's going to be people that would be vehemently opposed to that as well. So, I mean, you almost right, send them turn my, yourself into...
1: Toronto Maple Leafs West at that point with the three million, the three players over $10 million. Yeah, yeah but we're not 50. Sure.
4: could
3: no. <laughs> go wrong? It's wrong, you're, Maple
1: Leafs. You're still not the
3: Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> uh, you can't get me started. We can't go here. <laughs> Andrew no. is never going to talk to us again.
2: <laughs> but you know, there is another interesting option that could possibly be available for that cap space for the Kings. And I was reading today that the the Avalanche and Gabe Landeskog are still not close on a contract. Now, be perfectly honest with you, I see them getting it done at the end. I just, I can't see Landeskog leaving. But if he's that serious about testing the market and wanting to get paid, what would you guys think would be a fair contract for him?
1: Hmm. I'm I'm not 100% sure. But at the same token, for what it's worth, Adrian Dater. Uh, who is in Colorado and is one of their beat writers about an hour ago, uh, did tweet out that he's hearing things are more optimistic again uh, on signing Landeskog. With his age, with his production, being the captain, so on, so on. But it's still the COVID era. I don't see him making more than five and a half, you know, maybe even five to $6 million a year. I don't think it's going to go past that. I mean, how could you even look Nathan McKinnon in the eyes and say, hey, bud, I'm making more than you, and you probably score triple the points that I do?
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. He's at, what, $6.8 million right now, I think, right? For an AEV, yeah. McKinnon? That McKinnon and he's already is, is
0: so good. He's just so ridiculously good. So ridiculously good. And, but, I mean, I, I don't. I don't I, I think Landis Cog is going to get more money. I, I don't see him going back to Colorado. I, mean, I I mean I know he's a he's like a guy he's a guy you, I mean he's the captain of the ABS he wants to win but I think he, some team's going to offer him seven mil eight mil plus I think that's going to happen and uh, I don't know I, it, it's just it just feels that way that yeah I think he's going to get seven or eight that's what I was thinking too yeah it's my I think so I think so and I but I don't think it's going to be like eight years like what Hyman's asking for which is ridiculous but uh, I think it'll be like more like Four or five years,
3: but I I'm mean, also you... asking for eight million for eight years. If anybody <laughs> wants to give it to
1: me,
0: exactly. I'm 29, I'm close to 30 years old. Give me eight years, I'll be 38, making eight million a year. That's why years. I
1: think his AAV is going to be between five and six. I think in the long run, Colorado will give him the seven to eight years and lock More. him up super long term to bring that AAV down, just like Nugent Hopkins did in Edmonton. Front
4: load it. More term for less.
1: Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because in the yeah, in the I, end, there, I think you're right. They're out of their cup window. Eight years from now, most likely. I don't know with that defense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they also have to figure out getting rid of Nazem Kadri because he can't ever play in the playoffs without getting yeah. suspended. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know, they should just put him on injured reserve for the playoffs. Just be done with him. <laughs>
1: Just
4: reverse lightning, it.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> oh, that's great. That is great. Well, we're almost running out of time here, guys. But uh any other moves you guys foresee coming down the pike? Anybody? Just uh, surprise us. And I'll start you off because you guys got me thinking about that whole Detroit Red Wings thing. And I think, and this is just a wild, crazy prediction on my part, that Vegas is looking to unload Mark Andre Fleury, and. If- there's somebody that can take that contract it's detroit detroit's loaded with prospects loaded with picks so i somehow just, just it's a crazy notion on my part somehow i think mark andre Fleury ends up in detroit even if it's a part of like a three-way deal where he ends up being shipped off elsewhere but what about that's my spite yeah. that tell me so uh, you know that that's that's I, I don't. I don't <laughs> the see the least. They're they're not ready.
0: They're no. they're still like three years away. It just doesn't make sense.
2: No, but what I'm saying is, they can help facilitate that, right? So they oh, can well, take on yeah. flurry. Okay, retain half the contract and then ship them off somewhere else. to Get even more assets back. That's what I'm saying.
1: I don't think it's a guarantee that flurry is the one that moves.
2: Yeah, Leonard.
0: Leonard's the, the one. The
1: owner of the team has made it known publicly. He prefers. Mark andre Fleury, to be a Golden Knight until he wants to retire because he's done so much for the organization, has a really good relationship there. Um, And I actually heard some things kind of swirling around with Robin Leonard and the New Jersey Devils. The New Jersey Devils are looking to bring a really good veteran goaltender in who could do a 50-50, 1A, 1B split. With Mackenzie Blackwood and kind of be the mentor there, and they've got the cap space mm-hmm. to absorb the whole thing.
2: Wow! So that, that that
1: makes a lot of sense to me.
2: Wow, that's a good thought right there. That really I'm gonna, is. I'm gonna throw, yeah,
0: I I heard that that same uh, I think TSN reported that today. Um, but I'm going to throw another name out there that I, I I may have heard a rumor. I'm not sure how much is going into it, but I think. I heard Brock Besser's name came came up and I'm if that's a player him. that's if that's a player that's available I'd move heaven and earth to bring him to the Kings. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the prototypical like wing that they need on the first line and he would fit right in with Kopitar. I mean, that's perfect.
2: Does his injury history scare you though?
1: No. No. Not at all. He, Is it, he,
4: no?
2: Okay.
1: Yeah. He's still young enough, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a Brandon Carlo with everybody with him and his injury history. He's had a lot of injuries, right. but he's still pretty young. So doesn't feel that bad when they're a younger player. But mm-hmm. if you want to talk about injury history, I'll throw one into the pot. Vladimir Tarasenko.
4: <laughs>
0: there you
1: go. Uh, yeah, that's I, topic, I feel sure. like he's <laughs> he's going to be destined for somewhere in Canada. They're going to hmm. send him no, that's far a, beyond in a way.
4: It's got to be like Montreal that's or a, Toronto, right? I mean, or even Edmonton. Someone that's going to be in the playoffs. I think Calgary.
0: I'm, I'm yeah. I mentioned that on our last pod. I mean, Tara Sanko for Kachuk just makes a ton of sense. It's, it Kachuk. definitely
1: wouldn't be a one for one. No, no. Great. But so I had somebody that I was talking to, who's a player agent who has clients. On the blues. And what it boils down to is Tarasenko is the person who initiated wanting to leave the team. So he had three shoulder surgeries. The mm-hmm. first two were by the team, facilitated by the team, and he still wasn't right. So he decided to go get a private doctor, and they found issues that none of the team docs and surgeons ever addressed. So they opened him back up to the third surgery corrected everything that wasn't corrected and he had a clean bill of health was hundred percent healthy and was doing his rehab and when he came back in the playoffs he was playing really well in the playoffs so the injury history doesn't really scare me after that on top of they're willing to retain two and a half million of his salary and make him a five million dollar player or they have the RFA rights for Vince Dunn that they would attach as a sweetener if you'd be willing to take the whole contract. And then on the opposite end with Calgary, there's been some mix about Matthew Kachuk wanting out, not necessarily because he doesn't like playing there, but because of all the chaos in that organization over the last year and a half. And they also are looking to move on from Johnny Goudreau or Sean Monahan, Mm. So there's a lot of different options that they could go with. And they're also going to probably expose Mark Giordano in the expansion draft. So if they can package him in a trade, there's just so many things at play there that make sense.
4: What a tournament that kid had over in uh, Latvia. (laughs)
1: Man, oh yeah, man. I that's, mean, Cal- Calgary it. just
0: has – they have no they have no direction. I mean, I feel like they they have all the talent there, but they just, for some reason, just can't put the pieces together. And I, I think it just all stems to goaltending. They just haven't been able to establish a true talent in that, and
2: it's been tough. Hmm. Well, and you know what? The last time that the uh, the Blues and the Flames did a big trade, it involved guys like Brett Hall and Doug Gilmore. So just keep that in mind, too.
1: They're not afraid to make a splash. That's for sure. I mean, look at the uh, the Ryan O'Reilly trade, even though they fleeced Buffalo, but.
4: <laughs> that, that oh, you call that Buffalo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, man. Well, listen, guys, we've been at it for about an hour here. This has been a lot of fun, but we're going to have to start wrapping up. Before we do, though, Andrew, Connor, tell us where you can find us on social media. And the the podcast is on all major platforms,
3: correct? That is correct. Yep, we're on all major platforms. Uh, you can find the show Twitter account at Pucklines Pod. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew Taverna. Warning: lots of lots of bad takes. Um, so <laughs> you get what you get if you choose to follow me. Um, I'm a sarcastic,
1: loudmouth, and I'm not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm the opposite. I'm the hot take king. But you can find me at Connor Green seven 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 on Twitter. And I'm always on there throwing some dumb, crazy hot takes and trade scenarios out there.
2: That's awesome. That is really awesome. Well, listen, you know, if anybody out there wants to follow these guys, do it because it's a really fun Twitter follow. I'll tell you that. And give their pod a listen, too, because that is very fun as well. So, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate you being here tonight.
1: thanks, yeah, for, thanks having for having us.
2: Absolutely. We'll have to do this again sometime. It was so much fun.
1: We're
3: We're always here. <laughs> Always. Available. All right.
2: Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Thanks guys. Appreciate it.
3: Thanks. Seth.
2: All right. So that is gonna, that is going to bring our show to a close, Uh, real fun one tonight. It was, that was a lot of fun. And uh, I think it's one heck of a way to launch hockey royalty.com. So I'm going to mention that name again, hockey royalty.com. That's where you can find us now. And if you want to check out our hot takes and our analysis, that's where you got to go. So with that said, For Ryan Sykes, for Russell Morgan, I'm Scott Kimball. Thanks for listening, and Go Kings Go!